Let's continue the conversation with Bill Fitzpatrick, joining us from Logan Capital Management, Managing Director and Portfolio Manager. Bill, great to have you here in studio. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be back in studio. I love that. Uh, you're talking about picking quality stocks in today's market. How do we define that right now? What defines a quality stock when the Fed is jacking up rates? Yeah, there are a number of uh, different measures you could use to define quality. Um, at our firm, at Logan Capital, we do so in terms of valuation, which we, we predominantly use dividend yield. Uh, we also look at the balance sheet, so we want very little financial leverage. And we do believe that size matters. So we are essentially, we're a large cap manager, but more of a mega cap manager. And when you look at all the tensions in the marketplace today, the inflationary pressures, we're probably going to see a period of, an extended period of higher interest rates. We're gonna see wages, a lot of wage pressure on the upside. Um, these are things, you can kind of piggybacked off the central banks really uh, for the last 10 years or so. I think those days are over. I think there's going to be a greater focus on quality, and we think our portfolio is well-positioned for that. How do you manage a, a mega-cap, a big-cap portfolio without just becoming the index? Do you have to pick a big name or two to drop or to overweight? What's the biggest distinction between what you're doing in the S&P 500? Well, we have all the Logan portfolios are very concentrated, so that's a, a common tenant throughout our, our portfolios, including a large-cap concentrated value strategy of only 15 names. We have a more diversified 40-stock portfolio. That's a pretty tight group, 15? Very tight, very tight, 15 wow. names. That is not hugging the index by any measure. Okay. Um, in terms of where the alpha will come from, you definitely don't know where that is. So we still feel it's a, it's a diversified portfolio. We found the additional benefits beyond 15 stocks are minimal. Um, but in terms of where the value is gonna come from, uh, we have high conviction in the portfolio as a whole. And where that comes from is the fact that it trades at about 11 times forward earnings and has a dividend yield around 4%. Uh, wow. Historically speaking, those are very typically a very good time to invest in the strategy. Now, when we have the broad market trending the way it is, is there any way to, um, to hedge against that uh, long bias? Can you sell calls against these heavy dividend-paying stocks, or is the dividend itself basically your hedge to volatility, where you can be guaranteed you're at least going to get that income? The latter is how we would approach it. So okay. we, are, we are a long-only strategy. Um, but we do feel like in times of stress, investors want something tangible that they can get their arms around. Um, and for us, we think the dividend is a part of that. Uh, and so is the balance sheet strength that I talked about earlier. In those 15 for the big cap, uh, any of the giants get lost? Uh, Tesla, Microsoft, Alphabet, uh, uh, Meta, do we have favorites or uh, ones that you dislike in there that stand out? Uh, no, so it, that's a good question to ask. So our strategy being value-oriented does not own any of the big technology names. Wow, okay. Um, and what I would look at that and say, yeah, we may not have the owners, um, the first movers in technology, the ones you alluded to, um, but we feel like the next five or 10 years, uh, the users of technology are going to be the prime beneficiaries. So even in healthcare names, financials, industrials, uh, we think a lot of names like that um, are employing the technology that we've developed over the last several years, and we think that will continue to work through uh, their profit margins. A lot of people would uh, uh, argue that Apple is a not just a value, but a staple stock. What do you think about that logic? The way, if you look at the way the stock traded in the summer, we had this big, basically the biggest bear market rally we had. Mm -hmm. and Apple almost got back to highs. It's extraordinary. There was a big difference. They didn't come for Meta. They didn't even come for Alphabet or Microsoft. They came specifically for Apple. Do you think that that can happen on a repeat basis? Can we get this stock to your point that was a growth engine, an early mover, now transition to a value or a staple? Or does that take a longer time for big disruptive companies to go from growth to value? 
That takes time. Apple, let's be clear, it is a fantastic company. It is a well-oiled machine. They print cash, um, so we know that. But it is very difficult to always have to continue to evolve and to continue to have breakthrough products. So that's very challenging. So to answer your question, that does take time. It does take time to transition. I think the marketplace wants to make sure that your iPads and your iPhones, and these are genuinely annuity-like uh, revenue streams. Mm. And they're, they're, doing, they're going to great lengths to determine that, um, but that market is probably going to sniff that out, and I suspect that will go, have to go through one more cycle before they're awarded that sort of recognition. Okay. Uh, the international front I want to ask about real quick is um, how much clarity do we have in that? It seems like uh, right now the U.S. keeps catching this best house on the block trade, uh, and then you look at the fundamentals, and then you have uh, potential blow-ups like what's going on in England. Yeah. Uh, how does that uh, inform the decision to diversify outside the U.S.? Yeah, I would say, unfortunately, we don't have great clarity um, on the international markets. Uh, the U.K. is... Um, going through a number of poor political and economic decisions. Um, then really the energy crisis is right at the heart of, um, of all the challenges with the European economies. Um, but I will say on a company level, we are very pleased with, the, with the, the holdings in our international ADR strategy. And a lot of that is because these are global companies. So their, their revenues are not specifically tried, uh, tied to the UK or to Germany or France, where we have a number of holdings um, that apparently they're domiciled there um, but they conduct their business elsewhere, like a Unilever, which is a UK-based staple, but it's only 5% of their revenues. Mm. Um, and this portfolio also has a dividend yield now in excess of 5% and trades about 10 times forward earnings. So despite the macro overhang, we feel real good about the, uh, the strategy and where it trades today. All right. Bill, love the details on the strategy. Appreciate you bringing it to us. Thank you. Bill Fitzpatrick, Portfolio Manager at Logan Capital Management.